Hey, join me in Genesis chapter 5. We're going to get straight into the word. Genesis 5, going to start at verse 21. It says this, when Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. Methuselah was the, was the oldest man to ever live. He became the father of Methuselah. Verse 22, after the birth of Methuselah, uh, Enoch lived in close relationship with God for another 300 years. And he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day, he disappeared because God took him. One day, he disappeared because God took him. Wow. So at 65, he has a, a transition happen in his life. He has a child. Um, so we know that something occurred that caused him to say, okay, God, here I am. My heart is yours, and I'm ready to walk with you. Methuselah, Methuselah, man of the dart. All right, so um, did you know that there are reports right now that right now in America there are 330 people that call America home? We have 330 people in our great nation. What's interesting is, is that only 38 of those 330 million people are qualified to travel into space. Only 38 are qualified to travel into space. It takes a special kind of person to go into space. Um, the education, the, the bill of health, someone's already catching me because you're not allowing drowsiness and sleepiness to, to, to steal this word from your heart. So stick with me. The education, the, the bill of health, the experience, the mental capacity it takes to be an astronaut is out of this world. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched those videos of astronauts in space, but man, they, they are, they're intense. They live in small spaces and man, they can't bathe. They can't shower. Uh, their clothes are disposable, so they got to put them on and take them off. And, and even how they have to use the bathroom, it's, it's, it's you got to be accurate. Your point has to be on point. Come on, I don't want church faces this morning. Kanye just came out with a Christian album. Take off the... We don't do the religious face in here. We talk real and we get uncomfortable. Jesus is king. Come on, if you know Jesus is king, put your hands together. He is king. There are certain qualities that set astronauts apart from the rest of us. And today what I want to talk about is if you're going to ask for the moon, you got to live like an astronaut. you got to live like an astronaut. And aside from going too deep into their process and all that stuff, I just want to offer a few thoughts about what it looks like to live a life unto God, to live a distinct life so that God can take you to the moon. And I'm going to start with this first thought. Number one, you got to set your mind on the possibilities. Got to learn to set your mind on the possibilities. There are five generations prior to Enoch, starting from Adam. It's Adam and Seth, 
Enosh, Mahalalel, and Jared, and then it's Enoch, about five or six generations prior to Enoch. If you go back and you read Genesis, uh, Genesis 5, if you start at the top. But the Bible doesn't make it a point to take a detour and talk about any of them. Now, we know about Adam. We know Adam, first man, and, and from, from Adam came Eve out of his rib, and, and God gave him Eve, and we know the fall of mankind, the first sin, and God put them out of the garden. And from then, it just, just pretty much goes downhill. But all of these men prior to Enoch lived 800 plus years, but the Bible does not stop and say, well, this person did this, this person did this. It just says that this person lived and they were, 100 and, they were 800 and so-and-so. This person lived and they were 900 and so-and-so. But it does make a point to stop with Enoch to tell us that at the age of 65, he has a son. And after he has the son, he begins to walk with God. The Bible will do that sometimes. You'll find in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, it's going through another genealogy. And it stops at Jabez. And Jabez, essentially, he asked for the moon. Jabez's name means pain. And in Hebrew culture, whatever you named your child... That was prophecy over their lives. Nine times out of ten, whatever you named your child in Jesus' day, that's the kind of life that they were going to experience. Jabez wasn't going to have it. He said, I'm not going to live a life of pain. So he, he asked for the moon. He said, God, bless me. God, keep me from the evil one. God, increase my territory. And in verse 10 of 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10, it says, and God granted him his request. So he asked for the moon and he received the moon. What I love about Enoch's summary here is is that even though his great-grandfather and his great-great-grandfather and his great-great-great-grandfather and his grandfather and his father lived longer than him, it was not a sign that they had a better life. The length of life does not equal the quality of life. The length of life doesn't equal the quality of life. Enoch lived less, but he lived a greater quality of life. And he experienced all that God had for him. And I think it really boiled down to one thing. Enoch set his mind on the possibilities. His mind was set. His mind was locked in on what was possible as you follow God, as you trust God, as you believe God, as you love God, as you live according to his ways. He set his mind on the possibilities. Honestly, if you take a note, I think you have two options. You can either set your mind on your struggles, on your problems, or you can set them on the possibilities. You got two, issue, two, two options, on the problems or on the possibilities. You can set your mind on the struggles, the, the, the lack of resource, the, the lack of income, the, the, the bad diagnosis. All that is valid. It's not a bad thing to... to to kind of worry and grapple about those things. But, but when your mind is set on it, it just, it can tear you down. It can, it can weigh you down. It can bring you down. You can, you can set your mind on what they said about you. You can, you, can, you can ruminate on that stuff. Well, my dad was never there, and my mom never supported me, and, 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 and my dad, Jared, you know, he lived all these years, but he never taught me anything. You can set your mind on the first 65 years of your life. All the mistakes that you made, all the bad decisions that you made, all the bad fruit that's come of it. 
and you can allow that to haunt you every single day. You can set your mind on that stuff. You can set your mind. It, it, you know, um, for me personally, I, I, uh, I don't know, I've, I've become allergic to negativity. I, th- I think you guys kind of heard me mention this before, and maybe we're in a season, maybe this is the year that if you're going to develop an allergy, it should be to negativity. If you're going to develop an app. I'm just, you know, how was your day? Well, you know, it was, it was okay. That's it. You're alive, you're breathing, you're dressed. That's, it was just okay. Oh, well, I got a new job, and they're making me work these long hours. You getting a check? Yeah. Before you got the job, you wanted the job that you prayed for. Now you got the job, and I'm just, I'm getting allergic to it. You know, and, and, and so a lot of us, we, we just set our minds on the problems, never realizing that we're up, we're breathing, we're alive, we're blessed, our needs are provided, God is good, there's still a hope, there's still a future, there's still a destiny, just, and I believe that he just got his mind fixated on the possibilities, and, and he understood that my past doesn't define me. And I'm going somewhere. He, he, he got his mindset on, man, what, what, if I, what if I accept God's grace and his love and his mercy for my life? Back in this time, in Enoch's time, actually, um, God is in heaven. He's looking upon the earth. And, and yes, Adam, Adam and Eve fell and, 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 you know, they did what they did. But after Adam and Eve did what they did, the Bible says that the sin of, of the earth was just stacking up to heaven. And, and God, God was very remorseful that he even created man. And so we're going to get to the point in the next chapter, if you read about Noah, where God said, my spirit won't bear with man long. I'm going to limit their years to 120. And I think to this day, Guinea's World Book of Records, I think the oldest person to live in our modern time is about 120, maybe 121. So there's a reason why over time we don't live as long. It's because God said my spirit won't bear with man that long. It was a very... Um, um, sin-filled and dark time. This was a time in, 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 in history where um, angels would manifest themselves into demonic entities, and they would procreate with human women, and they would have these children of great uh, strength and great power, and it's where we think uh, we get characters like Hercules from and Zeus, because it was in this time where it was just very, very evil, very dark. And so Enoch set his mind on saying, wow, you know, if the world is going in that direction, if they're so fixated on negativity and darkness and not trusting God and not following God, and if, if, if this is what is going to be of man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in this direction. I'm going to go in the opposite direction, and I'm going to begin to fixate my mind on the possibilities. What if, what if I don't go that way? What if I stay away from the negativity? What if I stay away from the complaining? What if I stay away from the lack of faith? What if I change my words? 
What if I start speaking faith? What if I start speaking God's word? What, what if I start pressing, pressing against the tiredness and the exhaustion that they, 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 they've allowed a spirit of laziness, they've allowed passivity, they've allowed complaining, they've allowed this. What if I, what if I turn my life around and I just I live in the possibilities of, of what God can do through my life? What, what, what if I fixated on the possibilities? I love this here in Hebrews 11. Five through six, it says, it was by faith, watch this, that Enoch was taken to heaven without dying. So literally, when, when it says in Genesis, God took him, God took him. So man is about 99.99% when it comes to death. There are two people in the Bible that never died. Jesus died. And he rose from the grave. But you have Enoch and you have a man in the book of Kings, his name is Elijah. These two men were taken to heaven alive. And it says this, by faith he was taken to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Here it is, how do you please God? And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those. Catch that. He rewards those who sincerely seek him. All right, you got to catch that. That's so important. Why, 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 why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because God knows that with your natural eyes, you can't see him. He knows that. He knows that Jesus called God in John 4, verse 24. Jesus said that God is spirit. That's the image of God. He's spirit. So you can't see him. The word spirit is, is pneuma in the Greek, and it means breath. You can't see breath. So the reason why it pleases God when you have faith, when you believe in the unseen, is because when you have faith, you're telling God, I see you. And I trust you. And you're good. And if I seek you, you're going to reward me. You're going to bless my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, That pleases God. Even though you don't see him, when you have faith, you're telling him that I see you. You're telling him that I trust you. You're telling him that I'm going to hold on to you. Faith, watch this, is fixating your mind on the possibilities. I just think in order to be an astronaut, you got to fixate your mind on getting to space. We, we wouldn't even want to try it, most of us. But in order to be an astronaut, you gotta, you got to dream for the stars. you got to say, I can walk on that moon. you got to say, I can, I can live in uncomfortable situations. I can live in tight situations. I can do what I have to do to get to the moon because my mind is fixated on my possibilities and not my problems because in God... I can do anything. His mind was fixated. Possibilities. And there are currently some, some, some lies right now the enemy has told you. And you've allowed him to come in and swoop the possibilities. We, we allow him to come in and steal the faith and steal the possibilities. A lot of us don't know this, but Jesus said this about the devil in John 10.10. 10. He said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So the first thing that Satan does, I love my note takers, is he steals our faith. 
if I can steal your faith, I can keep you limited. If I can steal your faith, I can keep you ruminating on the past and on the negativity. I can keep you bitter. I can keep you unforgiving. If I steal your faith, if I steal your faith, you don't have the ability to see what is possible. If I steal your faith, then as Satan, I'm not, I'm not pleased with just stealing. I want to kill you. I want to, I want to kill you. I want to kill you. I killed Adam. I killed his wife, Eve. I had Cain kill Abel. We took out Seth. We took out Mahalalel. We took out, uh, we took out Enosh. We took out Jared. Enoch, I'm after you. Because just as much as God is a God of generation, so is the enemy. So I'm not just pleased with stealing your faith. I also want to kill your life. I want to kill your potential. And I can only really truly begin to kill you if I'm the enemy, if I get you to fixate your mind on your problems. Faith is fixating on the possibilities as you follow God, as you seek God, as you trust God, as you repackage his prayers into, as you repackage his promises into prayers. Faith is being, faith is holding on to God when it gets tough. I love that. It's holding on to God when it gets tough. Too many of us are letting go of our faith when it gets tough. Faith is taking action towards the possibilities. Faith is always facing forward, always facing forward and not backwards, always facing forward and not backwards. Faith is always facing forward and not backwards. I don't know about you, but yes, I'm excited about today. I'm excited about Trunk or Treat, but you know what? I'm facing into Monday. I'm facing into Tuesday. I'm looking into Wednesday. I'm looking into next Sunday. Faith is always facing forward, always facing forward. And Enoch had, a, had, to, had to repent of his lack of faith. And he had to say that there, there's something greater for my life. <laughs> faith is knowing that everything you want is directly connected to your relationship with Jesus. Everything you want is directly connected to your walk and your relationship with Jesus. So he set his mind on the possibilities. Number two, if you're going to go to the moon, you got to live an exceptional life. Live an exceptional life. Once again, Adam is five generations or six removed from Enoch, however you count it. And so I love what the author of Romans said. This is the apostle Paul, the greatest preacher to ever live. He said this in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. He said this, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. We were all born with a sin nature. The word sin is a Greek, in the Greek it means to miss the mark. It's not a condemning statement. It's just the truth of who we are. We were born into it. Um, you don't have to tell your kids not to do wrong. Um, and if you're not a parent, you'll, you'll find that out when you're a parent. <laughs> Judah, stop. And he doesn't stop. He just goes. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Even though God was not counting people's sins against them, this was the issue. Still, everyone died. 
because God is sinless and he doesn't exist in the presence of sin. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey any explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. So Adam started this cycle of sin, and it hit Enoch. And Enoch had a decision to make. You ever heard of the the phrase, um, oh, yeah, it just runs in my family? It runs in my family, you know. Well, you know, my, my dad did this and this addiction and, and depression and sickness and stress and, and cancer and all. It runs in my family. It runs in my family. I believe that when it, when it got to Enoch, e- Enoch saw, saw that God was so good and, and that God was so loving and so gracious. And he was saying that even though dysfunction runs in my family, it's going to stop with me. Because, because I don't have to remain in this in this, in this kind of lifestyle. Come on, I don't, I, don't, I don't have to remain in this bondage because God's grace is, is present in my life. His forgiveness is present and I'm free and I don't have to live in condemnation. I, I don't have to do this. And as I accept God's grace and as I accept his love, as I accept all of his goodness, I'm gonna live an exceptional life. And so a lot of people will say, man, you, uh, man you're going to church now, huh? Yeah, going to church. And they'll say, well, who does that these days? Who goes to church? Well, I'm the exception. I'm the exception. Oh, so you, you don't want to go out anymore, huh? You, you want to live a disciplined life. You, you got a little vision, little goals for your life, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm the exception. I'm I'm. I'm going somewhere. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the exception. I'm the exception. Alcoholism may have ran through four generations in my family, but it won't run through me. Addiction may have ran, but it won't run through me. Dysfunction and divorce may have ran, but it won't run through me. I'm the exception. I'm, I'm the exception. Now, I believe that Enoch had a vision of where God wanted to take him. Watch this, though. But in order to pursue the vision that God has for your life, you have to live according to the values of God. In order to pursue the vision, you have to be a person of values. Like highlight, we, we have a vision. We, we know where we want to go. You know, we exist to shine the light of Jesus so that people may find true life. But what a lot of us don't know is, is that there are seven values. We've reduced them down to seven. There are seven values. And this is the takeaway. You can have a vision. But your values is the vehicle to get to the vision. If you live as a person of values, every vision that God gives you will be fulfilled. And I just think that as Enoch saw the possibilities of what God had for him, he said, I have to be a person that lives according to certain values. I have to be a person that lives a certain according to certain values. The word exceptional, if you're taking notes, means this. It means unusually good. The quality of being outstanding. If you're going to go to the moon, 
You got to make a determination in your heart and in your mind that I'm going to be exceptional. I'm going to be unusually good. I love these synonyms of exceptional. High quality, high caliber, brilliant, greatness, great, high quality, high caliber, brilliant, greatness. When they look for someone, they should be looking for you. When they look for someone to do the speech, they should be looking for you. When they look for someone to fix the problem, they should be looking for you. When they look for someone to do the project, they should be looking for you. Why? Because you're great. Because you're exceptional. Because you're the best. Because you're in God. They should be looking for you. you should, we should be people of exception. We should be different. We should be the best. This is what exceptional looks like. It looks like to give your best and to do your best work if you're taking notes. I believe that Enoch made it up in his heart that he was going to give his best and he was always going to do his best work. I believe Enoch was the kind of person who got up early, who cleaned up, who kept himself organized, who got on top of it, who stayed on top of it. I believe he was exceptional and it was something about his approach to everyday life that pleased God. That pleased God because he was focusing on the possibilities. I believe Enoch got up and he looked at himself in the mirror and he said, you have too much potential to sit on it. You got to get up. You got to get to work. You got to move your muscles. You got to speed up. You got to study. You got to stay up late. You got to get up early. You got to be excellent, Enoch. Let's get this thing. If we're going to go to the moon, we got to be exceptional. Don't sit on that potential. I don't care if you're 65, 70 years old. You still got life in you. Be exceptional. Be the best. You got to live an exceptional life. Number three, if you're going to go to the moon, you got to put in the time. Put in the time. I think. I think that's an allergy we've developed in this generation. Put in the time. <laughs> Ooh, time. <sighs> Must be time in the air. Huh. <laughs> I was recently meeting with a group of guys, and I asked them this question. Would you give a golden egg to a three-year-old? And um, one of them said yes. And I, I got his heart, but I, I was just, I let him answer. Yeah, I'll give a golden because they would take it. And they were protected, and they would put it by their stuffed animals and all this. And, and he said, if they drop it, it would just hit the floor, and it would say, "Dom." And I said, it's an egg. It's not a rock. It's an egg. It's as fragile as an egg. It's a golden egg. It's a golden egg. Would you give a three-year-old a golden egg? And I'll bring this home. I've given my, my baby boy, he's four years old, I've given him $7 in the past two weeks. And uh, I've said, Judah, hold on to this money, okay? Put it somewhere, hold on to it. Just the other day, I went and I checked all of his pockets, his shorts, his jeans, his sweats. I turned his room upside down because we cleaned his room the other day. I have no idea where that $7 is. <laughs> and I need it. But it really, it really preached because you just understand that 
he's so young and he doesn't understand the value of, of seven bucks, much less a golden egg. The blessings of God are so delicate. And we're intrigued by the fact that Enoch started walking with God when he was 65. But one, and we're intrigued by the fact that he went to the moon. He went to the third. He went past the moon into the third heaven. This is what Paul calls it. There are three heavens. The one you see, the blue sky. The space is the second heaven. And third heaven is where God exists. So he went past the first heaven, the second heaven, into where God is. And that's where he is today. But we're, we're blown away by that. Man, 65, he changed his life. And now he's in heaven with Jesus Christ. But what we don't see in between 65 and going to heaven is 300 years. Because God isn't just going to take anyone to the moon. There are 330 people in America, only 38 go to the moon. God isn't just going to bless anyone with the best blessings. You got, you got to put it, there's some research right now out there that says that um, um, some clinical psychologists said that the 500 most famous pieces of art and music, 500 famous pieces done by 76 different artists, took 10 years to reach critical acclaim. So if you're into art, if you're into painting, all that, it took 10 years for that piece of art, that piece of music to reach critical acclaim, to get out into the public. 10 years. We're, we're seeing all these Teslas ride around right now. A lot of people don't know that Elon Musk owned PayPal and started PayPal. It took seven to eight years for Tesla to get off the ground. No one even knew it existed. Are, are you willing to, to put in the time? Are, are you willing to not give up on your faith? Not, not give up on scripture reading? Not, not give up on, okay, I, I heard pastor last week, he said, read a section a day. How many of us have done that this week? Just a section, of it, just read it and, and allow it to form you and, and to develop you and, and to take out some of the toxins in our hearts and in our minds and, and to change the way that we think. The Bible says, be ye transformed in your thinking so that you would know the will of God, which is perfect, pleasing and good. How many of us are, are, are holding on to Jesus? You know, it's been six months. Are you still holding on with a passion? It's been a year. Are you still holding on? Are you still coming to church, lifting your hands, worshiping God? It's been a year and a half. Are you still holding on? It's been three years. Are you still holding on? Are you growing? Are you getting stronger? Have you changed? Do you look different than you were three years ago? How many of us are willing to put in the time? A lot of people have come to me and and say, they'll say, oh, my God, you're so young. You're so young. You and PK, you guys are so young. And, man, the church, the church and your lives and all that. And we receive it, and it's a blessing and all that good stuff. And they'll say, you're only 32 years old. Oh, my goodness. The illusion is this. It is that we are so young that the the subconscious thought of those individuals is that we just popped out of our mother's wombs and we started a church. It's just we popped out of mom's womb and and, and we, we know how to do the budget and we know how to pray and we know how to move move hundreds of people to do outreach and it's as if we just popped out that's the illusion when you say someone is so young and and there's some kind of success attached to their lives but what a lot of people don't understand is is that i've been following god for 13 years that's 13 years of prayer 
That's 13 years of loneliness. That's 13 years of pain and crying and praising. And in some seasons, all you have is the word of God because your mom doesn't believe in you. Your dad doesn't believe in you. Your ex-girlfriend won't even call you. That's 13 years. Are you willing to put in the time to get to the moon? Are you willing to struggle, to strain, to press in, to believe, to show up and worship consistently every single Sunday? Are you willing to put in the time? We're praying for the impossible, but are we putting in the time? And that's kind of the cheat code of Scripture. Lord, forgive me. But that's kind of the cheat code of Scripture. And you know it. It's only a summary of everything that happened. But it's a cheat code. He lived until he was 65. He started following God. He lived for 300 years. Then he went to heaven. He lived for, that just real fast. He lived for 300 years. Then he went to heaven. Are you willing to allow God to... To, to take that out of your life and to take that person and to put, put, his, put, put his goodness. The Bible says the, the, there's a difference between um, um, the gifts of the Spirit, these things that you're great at, and the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit has to be cultivated. That's in Galatians 5, verses 22 through 26. The fruit is, is goodness. This is the fruit of your life as you walk in Jesus. Goodness and faithfulness and, and, and faith and, and gentleness and kindness and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit has to be cultivated. It has to be grown, and it takes time. But if you're going to go to the moon, you can't give up on Jesus three years after you've said yes to him. You're still saved, but you'll never see the moon come into your life on this side of heaven. I want to live like an astronaut. Final point. Come on, close me out. We got to go get some candy. Final point of encouragement. God will take you to the moon in due time. A lot of people don't know this, but, um, well, some do. You know Toy Story. Buzz Lightyear. Woody. I'm sorry. This is, it's not a, you know, we're still spiritual. Um, I just wanted to have a talk today, go put on costumes and have fun. But uh, Buzz Lightyear is named after the astronaut who went to the moon uh, in Apollo 11, uh, Buzz Aldrin. And, um, you know, um, Anderson was on there as well and um, a few other guys. A lot of people don't know this, but this is historically documented. You can look it up. It's verified through NASA and everything. When Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon and they got out and started walking on the surface of uh, this heavenly body that was other than earth, he got out and he jumped around and, you know, they put the flag and they took pictures and he, um, he, he shot back to the command officer. He said, um, if I can, this would be the perfect time to partake in communion. Because the only reason that we've been able to make it to the moon as mankind is because of Jesus. 
And so down in Earth, when he was preparing to do this, he received a lot of kickback from NASA. And, um, but finally they said, okay, you can do it, but just keep it quiet. Don't come back to the Earth telling the world. His pastor blessed him and said he could lead communion and conduct communion on the moon. And um, he, he had communion. He, took, he broke the bread, which represents the body of Christ, and he took the juice, the wine, which represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And one of the things he said that was very intriguing, he said, he said that it is so amazing that the first meal that has been taken on the moon is that of communion. Because it's only by Jesus Christ that you're going to get to the moon. There's no other means in the earth that you're going to live your best life, the most blessed life, the most peaceful life, the most purpose-filled life, but through Christ. Uh, 1 Peter 5 Verse 6 says this. It says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. And at the right time, put in the time. So I want to encourage you, let's live like astronauts. Let's set our minds on the possibilities. Let's live exceptional lives. Let's put in the time. And in due time, everything that God has for you, I don't care what your past looks like. I don't care what you did this morning. If you would trust in Jesus, if you would humble yourself and follow him, he will exalt you in due time. Let's give the word of God a hand clap of praise. So I want to encourage those of you who have never made Jesus Lord of your life. This is an opportunity for you to come to him. God loves you and he sent his son to down a cross for you. And you don't have to struggle. You don't have to live separated from his presence and his love. He's not after you to get you. He's after you because he loves you. So I want to give you this opportunity. Just bow your head. If you want to accept Jesus as Lord, if you want heaven to be your home when you pass away, if you want your sins forgiven and right standing with God, just bow your head. Or you may be coming back to Christ today. We're going to pray. We're going to pray together. Church, pray loud in honor and in support of those who are praying this prayer for the first time. Repeat after me. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Come into my heart. I am yours. I turn from my life of sin. Fill my heart with your spirit. Take me to the moon. In Jesus' name, amen.